I have tapes and they are hot, all quite ting ting, it's the start of the pod. My team's good and yours is not quite down ting ting, it's the start of to you in a pre-recorded fashion from the league podcast studio in columbus ohio i am diesel and this is don't fear the keeper joining me today all the way from up north in the land where the playoffs probably aren't coming to is uh the commish sorry the worcestershire wizard i had that one written down the commish uh but then even more importantly we have The champ himself, Colin, is with us today. Colin, welcome to the program. Yeet. Yep, no, that's fair. <laughs> um, well, we are going to go through, this is just sort of our season in review episode here. Uh, we're going to go through, you know, chat with the champion himself. Uh, we'll go through the ever popular year in awards, which I, I think I'm going to have some arguments with. Uh, Chuck sent them to me, or his draft of them earlier. The and, draft has uh, the draft hasn't changed, so that was okay. Yeah, <laughs> so then there will be there will be complaints, um, and then yeah, we'll just sort of you know get out on a high note there. But um, but to start things off, Colin, uh, how does it feel if you could put it into words? It's, uh, it's yeah. like I don't know. I you know I feel like the weight of the world is off my shoulders now um, that I, I finally gotten over the hump. I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that me and Andy Reed both got our first championships <laughs> in 2020. Um, wow. Just, you know, historic regular season success. I'd, I'd lost in the championship game before. So I'd been on the biggest stage and not been able to get it done. Uh, so just, I mean, it feels it feels just like a huge relief that now I can kind of go out and be the fantasy player I want to be, as opposed to you know trying to feel like I had to fit some mold or or you know play a certain way to avoid criticism. So that part of it is really really great. Um, you know, all kudos to Paul. I know that I actually I know you know the fact that I completely shit stomped him um, <laughs> might betray that. You know, I feel like he was a great competitor and regardless of how it turned out, one of us was going to be able to say the same thing that we finally got over the hump there. So obviously I'm glad it's me. Obviously I'm glad I did it in resounding fashion and in a fashion so resounding that I shut Zach's fucking bitch ass up because I ended up scoring more than he ever. So that's, that's one thing I said, I don't want to, I, don't, I want to make sure we address is that uh, Zach spent, you know, all of basically Saturday, be, Saturday and Sunday being like, if only, like Colin didn't lose to whoever he lost to, he got the bye. Like I would have won the championship, and then Colin just literally took his foot and shoved it up Zach's ass. Yeah, and, and shut we that up. No so. doubt. <laughs> yeah, so we left no doubt. I mean, everyone everyone knows that Zach's Zach's doomsday speech became very prevalent over the last three weeks. And yeah. I'm glad that we could finally, you know, kind of just put the put the put, put the kibosh on that because that was a little ridiculous. But an- yeah. anyway, John, answer your question. Feels great. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited. 
Um, to, to circle around to a point, so you had lost the league just once before, correct? I, yes, that's correct. Last year. I, I was okay. in the last year. Okay, because we were trying to figure this out because uh, in I, – I forget when we had this conversation, but Charlie and I were trying to figure out – we're pretty sure Paul has now lost the league in the, like, lost the championship game three separate times now. I, I believe he has. Yeah. <laughs> Which is truly an incredible feat. Like, as much as it sucks to go there and lose and then come back, to do it three times, I genuinely don't understand how that's possible. It's kind of funny because – you know, I had my Andy Reid analogy ready for this, and I was actually going to say that if I had ended up losing, my analogy was going to be that I was well on the path to being like the mid '90s uh, Bills because that would have been my second straight championship, yeah. which I lost. So it's, it's funny how the, the the winds of time are are a fickle mistress, and uh, we avoided that analogy, and we got the better one, I think. That is not going to be the last time that analogy gets used no. in this podcast. I'll warn everyone now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the funny thing is that this is, it's going to get lost, like, because Colin had already won by the time the Monday night game had been played, where Diggs' 41 points, like, didn't matter for the outcome of the game. But uh, if Alex had been in the championship and Kamara would have thrown up 56 points, I mean, think think about that scenario for a second. Like, just if the gods, the gods just missed on the arrow a little bit. Like, like they're a little late for Alex there. Like, <laughs> I would have, I would, I would have probably burnt myself alive if that would have happened. I, and it would have been a respectable thing to do, I think, on your part. It's just no, no one wants to see. I think you end the league at that point. I do. I think you pull the trigger. Did anyone do the calculation on whether or not I would have beat Alex full strength? Uh, uh, I, I have not because we Alex and I were in the. I mean, Alex threw up ninety six points with four players. Well, uh, I ended up with one hundred and seventy. So yeah. my question yeah. being that, um, uh, how how absolutely electric it would have been to have the game decided, like basically only on the f- like two games four day four days apart like because i wouldn't have digs till monday night and we would have been sitting on the kamara number f- since friday yeah it would have been crazy but yeah but also it was kind of funny like the digs one didn't matter we, we, we that was that was involved but like none of the packers big games like the Devontae adams 43 points weren't were the championship the kamara 56 points was not in the championship like a lot of the huge numbers that probably won people fantasy leagues, like across the country, like very little impact in our in our league, um, just by how the matchup worked out. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm trying to go through and do the math on where Alex would have wound up, but there is not a quarterback. And oh wait, no, Alex has a quarterback. Never mind, never mind. Continue your conversation. <laughs> I thought he didn't have one, but like, like Brady had thirty, like Mike Evans had forty, like we, I, I talked about the other ones already. Like there was, there were some huge numbers thrown up this week, and just sort of, it just sort of missed the Norwich Football League. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I had, I had one of them, but I just didn't need it. Yeah. Um. um so, Colin, Alex, if he had pulled all the right strings, which is obviously a big if, but no, if assume, he had to, assume, assume he would have because he as, would have. Yeah. Assuming yeah, exactly. Assuming he does, uh, he winds up with one hundred and sixty four point nine points. Oh, 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 oh. So I would have needed the like 
the late digs touchdown where we they were already up by like thirty. Yeah, you would have snatched victory from the jaws of defeat, which would have been incredible. Yeah. I would have driven. I would have driven or flown to wherever Alex was at and like danced <laughs> on his face, even though I am not the one that won the game. Like that's <laughs> like how excited I would have been in that such in that scenario. Well, who's the real winner if uh, this is a game a year in which I beat Paul in the final and we're still talking about Alex? <laughs> well, that's the thing is that we we have Paul lost you in the championship game, and we have mentioned Paul I think one time. <laughs> we have spent five minutes talking about a hypothetical it's- Alex scenario that didn't even come close to happening. <laughs> this league is fighting demons. That's the real issue. Listen, there's a lot of PTSD from Alex winning a second time last year. Still to this day. I mean, like, yeah. y- you got to give it to us that that was a, a traumatic experience that, look, I, I don't feel bad for the fact that I'm still happy that it didn't happen a third time this year. Definitely. Well, it, I guess I will. Uh, I will take this platform to say that I, I do believe that the uh, the Mahomes era is over in in my at least at least the Mahomes keeper era is over in my fantasy league. Um, I kind of feel like this is like winning is a good opportunity to just do a reset, and uh, also like obviously Diggs was just incredible this year. So I I at, at barring an injury to Diggs in the next week or during the playoffs uh, I will be keeping him probably next year so that that'll be a that'll be a change it'll be a new uh, complexion I guess to the to the league right after you landed on flaming pile of hot cheaps too you had that in your grasp but now yeah you gotta I, that, move on that was an Alex that was a that was yeah. that was a moral <laughs> a moral choice that, that John, was never really the, I'll, the, the vibe John I'll, I'll let you in a little behind the a uh, little behind the curtain here Okay. There was a brief moment where that was going to be Collins' name on the trophy. He was going to go with flaming pile of hot Chiefs right behind Alex's flaming pile of hot Rams. As, <laughs> as more of like a double, like, fuck you, Alex. Yeah, sure. But uh, he's going with Mahomes is where the heart is, is what was going to be on the trophy, actually. So, Which is, I think, of, uh, also, does that fit the character limit? I know we always had questions. That's what I asked. Uh, I, I tried it. it. It let me buy it. So we'll see what it comes. <laughs> I might have just thrown five dollars out the window, but we'll see. Yeah, so because I I did ask Charlie if like if it fit, that was what I would prefer. But if it didn't fit, I was going to do the flaming pile. But <laughs> the flaming pile was really just you know that was this that was a situ a matchup thing, uh, not right. as much not as much a uh, a cultural thing. So that, you know, really the the heart and soul of the team uh, the last two years has been Mahomes. So. That's true. To not mention him, especially if this is his farewell voyage, uh, would be a little cruel. I, I see that now. Um, Chuck, did you write any questions here for this little segment, or was it just me? No, I didn't write any questions. All right, well, we'll just do mine then. Um, Sakana, I just got a couple questions for you here. Just to, you know, add a little structure to this. Structure that this podcast has been lacking for the entirety of the season, so I'm trying to end on a strong note here. Um... So first things first, just logistically speaking, where will Meg let you put the trophy? Um, I th- I think it's going to be really good uh, to look at in the spare bedroom when I'm, uh, <laughs> when I'm working at, on my laptop um, or playing video games or or whatever I, I may be doing. I can I can take a peek back at the bookshelf whenever 
a 12 year old is like calling me a bitch on call of duty and just say actually kevin i'm a champion um, actually osama bin ballin osama let's just bin ballin. I, yeah i'm a champ so shut the fuck up um but yeah so i think it's gonna end up going maybe on the top of a bookshelf or on my desk um in this in the spare bedroom um which which will be great it'll be great i i have a follow-up question to john's question there when you assuming that meg has learned that you've won the fantasy league i assume that yes. she's aware hey, does she think more or less of you after that <laughs> it was more a like um it was more like i had to win to maintain steady state so she doesn't think less of me but this in her mind, the only acceptable outcome of me participating in fantasy football is a victory, and anything else would be a disappointment. If you, um, ain't, if you, if you ain't first, you're last. Yes, essentially, essentially, she'd be pretty upset about the time that I spent on it, unless I win. So I, I, <laughs> I basically avoided the only like negative scenario. Um, but it certainly has not been really a positive reaction. <laughs> so she kind of inform her. And she said, "Good." So. <laughs> That's, so she, That's fair. She That's thought less of you until you won. Is essentially what happened. I think. I think part of it was just the um, that I was very excited last year when I told her that I was in the championship, um, and then I lost, and I don't think she was very impressed. So <laughs> we had a lot to we we had a we were we had a lot to live up to. Um. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, so my, my second question uh, kind of is looking farther forward here. So you've been known for a lot of just bold moves throughout the course of your fantasy career. And what I'm curious about is, will your recklessness only increase now that the monkey is off your back, so to speak? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so like, because I think, and I think it's already ha- manifesting, like, I think the safe thing to do is having obviously Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback in the eleventh round um, is he's always going to be good every single. Is year. that is that where we're at now? He'd be an eleventh round pick. Yes, which is still probably five a, rounds better than five to six rounds better than he would get picked in the worst of fantasy leagues. Yes, yeah. and I I'd say Diggs is now a second round pick for next year, maybe like in that thirteen fourteen range. And I have him in the sixth. Um, so it's getting close to being the same improvement. Um, but, like, I just think that, you know, it's time to be a little more risky. So, yeah, absolutely, John. I'm dialing it up. Okay. I'm dialing it up to 100. And I feel like I already kind of had to this year. Like, I made the Tyree Kill deal. Yeah. And that's not something that I've done. I've not done the trade two legit starters to get a better one. I've never done that trade before. So uh, I definitely I'm starting to see the light on the uh, aggressive moves. Um, now my version of aggressive is not being Brian and making 16 waiver transactions in a week where I like pick up and drop four defenses and three tight ends. Um, my version of aggressive is going to be dealing dealing in blue chips. Um, you know, not garbage. <laughs> <laughs> does, does Brian have? Do you think? Do we think Brian has like minute by minute updates, like in real time? Because he moves on players very quickly when nothing happens. 
<laughs> yeah. they, he, he picks them up on a Wednesday. They practice Thursday. They're dropped by Brian on Friday. Like, what, 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 what info is he getting like, from, from these guys? Brian has Google Alerts set for every single like fourth string wide receiver on every team in the league. Every single one. And he's ready. Every backup running back in the league, Brian is uh, in the loop. Brian's got an insider source on those I, guys. I think Brian might have a bot set up where he automatically picks up a backup running back if the starter gets like put on the injury <laughs> report. Yeah, what, I, what I, I, I'll know. check. I'll get a notification and check, and somehow the backups are already on Brian's team. Like it's <laughs> it's it's impressive sometimes how quick how quick he is. No, and I mean the the Taysom came, Hill snipe was. An all-timer. It was. And that was a – the taste of hell, that whole situation where they're like – ESPN's like, he's clearly playing quarterback this week, but we're going to let you all keep him at tight end just to see what happens. I'm very, I'm very glad that uh, that whole thing did not – could not save Brian's soul from the, uh, from the vanquishment that was coming for it. It's tough. Uh, honestly, the better thing to me is that he then paid for that move by Mike later uh, absolutely cucking him out of every quarterback. <laughs> I'm telling you, if, I, I wish, because Brian was going to lose anyway, if Tua had just thrown up like eight <laughs> points, it would have been the greatest move of all time on Mike's part. I mean, yeah, it was like the fact that he rode the Taysom Hill train as far as he did and bizarrely benefited it, benefited from it for as long as he did, only to lose, not because of it, but, like, have Mike directly use it against him was a beautiful thing to me. That everything came full circle. Goddamn. Yeah, no, Colin. I do do feel a little more free to be more risky now. Um, I'm excited to see where you go with this, because you have always been the one to make the bold midseason play. And, um, yeah, now I feel like we're just going to start seeing huge, like, oh, Collins, like what you guys did in the first floor league that one year where you traded all of your players to Charlie and Charlie played all of his players to you. Like that yeah. level of deal. Just to see, I, I just to say, see what happened. This mm-hmm. year, this year, Alex was the king of the th- three-person trade. Like the, th- the like three-player trade. I feel like Alex, I feel like everyone in the league has had one of Alex's players this year. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I mean, Paul made two big ones, admittedly. Paul made the one with me, uh, the the infamous Julio Jones-Mike Davis trade, and then he made the big one with Charlie as well. What was the Charlie trade? That I was gave, the, I uh, gave him Drake and Andrews for Ayuk, Gurley, Hunter Henry, and somebody else. Oh, I gave, I gave him Bell and got somebody else, too. Well, he did get to start Bell, finally, in the year. Yeah. In the championship. So also, uh, I think Gurley. I mean, that trade Gurley got arthritis in his knees again, and Ayuk was on COVID for I think two out of the three games that I like needed him. So yeah, it really did work out well for me. Yeah. yeah. So Paul lost one of those, won one of them. So you know, ended up even. Uh, well, the, kind of, the kind of funny thing is that Tyreek Hill game. I actually lost because all my players like laid eggs. I had like 127 points, which would have been good enough to beat, obviously, like half the league typically. Um, yeah. But, but still, like that was the main payoff game from the trade that I made, and it didn't even matter. Like he had ten, <laughs> he had ten points in the final, which is kind of funny. 
Yeah, he... I mean, that it was just still fun for the rest of us to watch Tyreek Hill throw up a bunch of points, not on Alex's team. I think everybody enjoyed that, even if for you it was a loss. You know, that's... Things are sweeter when Alex is on the losing side of them, I think. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, let's move along here. So Colin's going to stick with us for the remainder of uh, our scheduled episode. Well, I Just... have one question for Charlie. Oh, yeah, please. Because there's, I got to be honest, I was a bit flattered um, to learn that there was like a, a Charlie, Mike, Paul strategy conference going on. Um, <laughs> before the previous game which i think your participation in probably tainted your pick uh of paul over me just because you you thought you were seeing under the curtain um but i guess my question for chuck is just based on those conversations what surprised you about the way that the that the championship played out well the i think we said we might have said this before but like for paul to really have had a shot um julio jones would have had to play in the game, which is basically what we were kind of saying. But the, the only main decision we were kind of going with was what does Paul do um, at running back uh, with the whole James Conner like situation? Because he was like still hurt type of thing. And he, so he ended up going with Bell over Conner because Bell had played well the week before. Uh, but basically all the things we said like were probably the safer move for Paul ended up not being the safer moves. So. <laughs> Can you give us an example? Uh, Browns defense against the Jets. Like, nobody saw the Jets playing well. So that was – well, the Browns did get COVID immediately after. Like, we were like, hey, go with the Browns. Uh, but, like, like I said, it came down to two moves, and it was the Bell over Connor. And I think we were unsure if Connor was going to play. And then the Julio Jones being out, and it's do we go with Crowder or Antonio Brown. And obviously, you go with Antonio Brown in that situation, and Crowder had thirty points because he threw and caught a touchdown. I think so. Yes, he did. Yeah. So, um, Paul was not going. I think that the best part is that Paul, like Paul, is not going to beat Colin, even if like Paul played the perfect lineup. So it's like always. It's always nice when you like give somebody advice and it doesn't work. Like they, they had no chance anyway. Was kind of where we fell. Um, but yeah, I mean, Paul really didn't have a chance at this one with Julio being. Yeah, out. I didn't even, I didn't even rule out the gas can. It could have been. A, could have been <laughs> well, a here's the thing. Here's the thing is, I, 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 Colin and I had also had a conversation about it and kind of mutually agreed to to keep the gas can out just in case it was another Ahmed game. It was not. It was um, an all time low morale time. So, uh, yes, it was. It was second all time low until immediately after the Browns game. Yeah, um, but. The, the moments at, like, 11.30 p.m. after the Dolphins had somehow won that game and the gas can had 40, 34 points on my bench, and I was like, I'm just going to fucking lose because of that. <laughs> yeah, you could have put up 180 in a championship game, which... Also, but I don't know if anyone noticed, I quietly hot-swapped J.D. McKissick at the last second and it ended up working out. Yeah, so. no, that did work out. Oh. I, I always see what what I liked about both of your lineups was that they were championship like move lineups. Like Carlos started Gio Bernard. Like gotta play a matchup at some point. Like that was a good matchup. Like he was starting against a bad defense. Like go with McKissick over the Cowboys. Like I just Paul to McKissick against because I think that Carolina actually has a competent offense and their defense sucks. Mm. So I figured it's gonna be a lot of, maybe a lot of points and he should be the receiving back. 
Yeah. You know? And then Paul going with, like, no, it didn't work out nearly as well for Paul, but going with, like, Bell over Connor. It's like, so, like those, those are moves where it's got to play the matchup. Like, Bell against Atlanta versus Connor against Indy. Like, got to go with Bell there. It's a way better matchup. Um, and to be fair, my, my matchups were just so favorable. Last week, the week I played against Zach was really my difficult week with the Chiefs going against the Saints. Um, if I was going to lose, that was the week it should have been. Uh, this week, I, I mean, the number of like 28s, 29s, and 30s I had in my like opponent rank, it, it was just very favorable for me, honestly. Also, the, the funny thing about like, was your best matchup on paper was the Chiefs playing the Falcons. And yeah, I know <laughs> that, that that really that game did not really swing your way. Yeah, no. except Kelsey, Kelsey had twenty two because Kelsey's yeah. a god. Yes, he is. He is the the king receiving tight end at this yeah. point. So anyway, but yeah, I, that that was it. I think we can uh, move on to whatever else is planned. Uh, but I I want to thank everyone. All uh, <laughs> who has it been? I had seven regular receiving the wins, so ten. All ten people. That I beat along the way. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for rolling over. Uh, Charlie and Brian, who accounted for the only people that I couldn't beat this year. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you really fought well. You know, I think you got bright futures ahead of you. Brian, you can pay me $75. All right, that's all I got. <laughs> Brian, who will be paying uh, you $75 and me like 13 I'm pretty sure the two people who scored the least points are the only two people who I didn't beat this year. That is correct. Yes. Uh, I would. That math. That math. No, sorry. Uh, Mike scored less points than uh, Brian did. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess, yeah. The other guy who, yeah, whatever. Um. Okay, moving on. Uh, so briefly, before we get into uh, some some end-of-year awards situation, I wanted to address something that's been hanging over the pod for a couple weeks, and that would be the final standings of the me and Chuck picks. Um, as has been noted, uh, some numbers got, some games got added in there that shouldn't have been added in. I wasn't really sure where they are, so I went back through and did all, like, did everything again. So the issue came in, as I moved from week seven to week eight, I gave Charlie, much to my chagrin, two additional losses, making <laughs> his record slightly better. Um, yeah, and also something to keep in mind for those of you keeping track at home. A, these will not add up to even numbers because of the playoffs and those picks. And B, we did not make any picks week 13 because week 13 was the week that Chuck released his manifesto. So uh, yeah, we just didn't do anything that week. So with that being said, uh, the final standings are Chuck. You came in at a resounding forty-three and twenty-five. Wow. That's incredible! That's incredible. That is a point six three two win percentage. I, on the other hand, came in at an absolutely improbable thirty-four and thirty-four. <laughs> which, to, for those of you also who remember from last week, I picked Colin. I picked Colin correctly. Uh, so I actually needed that one without even knowing it to get back up to 500, and I got there. So thanks for that, Colin. They don't call you Coin Flip J for nothing. <laughs> I mean, looking back at it, it's exactly what it 
it should have been. I mean, that was it was a 500 performance through and through for me. Which is, wait, normally we're we're within four or five games of 500 anyway. I just happen yeah. to have an incredible streak in the middle of the season where I was going like four and one every week. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, stuff out of you. Also, but before we move on, I wanted to go through. We had a couple guests who also made picks, so I wanted to go back through those uh, results just for comparison. So the best uh, was Garrison, who came in at four and one for his week. Uh, then you have Ben came in at three and two. Papa O'Neill, my own father, uh, apparently took a page out of my playbook. Came in at an abysmal one and four. <laughs> and uh, Alex came in at an absolutely perfect zero and one in picking Paul last week. Alex, before he made his pick last week, said, "Did the classic TV move where he just said so many things about both teams that I had absolutely no idea who he picked." <laughs> I was like, "Did he pick me or did he pick Paul?" That, really that second, know. that second place behind uh, saying all the good things about like Colin. And then being like, but I'm going with the other guy. <laughs> Having said that, my gut, my guts tell me Paul. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. On that topic, I had to go back through to figure these out. Some of them weren't written down, like our picks for the week. And I had to go back through and like, you know, listen through all of our commentary. Really, apart from the sentence where we say, I'm gonna go with blank person, it is fucking impossible to tell where it's leading. John, when I, I was trying to double check one time because I was like pretty sure that I did done another like three and two, two and three type of thing. It took me like forty five minutes to get all the picks together. And I knew what part of the pod they were at. Like it's so <laughs> difficult. It's impossible. Like we just just it's just gibberish. And then there's a five second stretch where we're actually making the pick and the rest of it is useless. And that was, yeah, that's what I was sifting through at about six o'clock today. I was trying to figure what the fuck those were. Luckily, the, I mean, I only did it. There was one week. That was all I had to do, which thank fucking God. Uh, but yeah, Chuck, I guess hats off to you. That's probably a, uh, an effort that will never be reproduced. So what long as it's 40, 43 and 25 is what I went. Yep. That is correct. I, <laughs> I'm still. Like going into well, as I was doing it, I felt myself getting excited of like when I figured out I was thirty three and thirty four. I was like, "Fuck, who did I pick for this championship game?" Because <laughs> if it wasn't Colin, I am I'm fucked. I'm just not going to say this. I was ready to burn the piece of paper. I wasn't going through with it. But here we are. You're very brave. I thank you. Um. So, uh, with that being said, uh, we're gonna move on to really a fan favorite, the annual. Uh, end of year awards uh, from the commission. So Chuck, why don't you take this one away? All right. I'm going to do my best to go from 10 to one in final order finish. Um, so we'll start with Brian. Uh, Brian gets the 2020 stay on the porch award for a couple <laughs> of reasons. One, Brian uh, came in last place, but also once again, unsurprisingly led the league in whining. Um, Are you sure? Wines per minute, I'm pretty sure Brian was number one. (laughs) Because a challenger approached this year. (laughs) A challenger did approach. And from the West Coast, uh, uh, you know, right over the Puget fucking fungal territory. (laughs) And and really gave Brian a run for his money uh, in the whining category. He did. 
he like finished he really, maybe, yeah. maybe Brian's like maybe if you do like a the if you're comparing the full resume kind of a body of work type situation then Brian can get it but as far as finishing strong um in the games that matter I think Zach blew him out of the water <laughs> yeah so so Brian's wines per minute average like I think off the charts Zach's like if you saw like a, a chart of like rate of whining Zach has a basically right angle in the playoff time and shoots up. It was like the, the Google metric of times Mariah Carey's all I want for Christmas is you is Googled. Like there's yeah. just that spike. Yeah. That was, that's what Zach was looking like. Yeah. And if, and if you really want to go back to it from the time that we picked the new division alignment, it's basically where Brian's whining started. Cause immediately after that happens famously or infamously Con and John basically threw a party for themselves because they were in a division <laughs> With Mike, Brian, and Ben, and Brian did not. He took a, he took heavy offense to that notion that he was in the lower tier and then proceeded to lose the league, whining all the way. So yes, proven not big dog is Brian as of yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah. So, honestly, t- tough stuff for the West this year. Uh, we had the fakest good team, uh, Ben and Mike, which. I love Ben. I love you, Mike. You suck, and uh, <laughs> obviously Brian lost the league. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm glad that I could at least maintain some semblance of dignity. But Charlie, what's the what did we decide? How often do we realign? Uh, every two years. So we get every one more years? year, one more year of this, and then we'll realign again. So right. let's let's savor this for one more year, Colin, because yeah, boy, is it sweet. I fully expect one or. Like Colin and our John to make a run again in the playoffs because, again, you will be in the playoffs because of the division you're in. And, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's. I, I, I will say, I think I'm still in the playoffs. I definitely don't have the bye if I'm not in no, that division. No, I no, think that's no. the difference. Because, and also, I mean, inexplicably, Colin, you still you you finished the regular season at seven and six. Yeah. So it's it was like very lot, much a lot of games down the stretch. I don't think I don't think Colin had a very good record against the East. I think that's where Colin like. I mean, I, I got hurt. All those games that I played against like Charlie and Brian and like I played my worst game of the year and they played their best. Yes, that is like, Brian being everyone, the one death star. Everyone had me circled on the calendar. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but that one's deserved. I don't think anyone, uh, not even Brian, could disagree with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so that's Brian. Uh, move on to Mike. I think this is no surprise, but Mike's getting the 2020 uh, Wizard of Oz Fraud Award. Um, I, I, I said this throughout the year, but how appropriate was it that Mike was basically the gatekeeper for the playoffs the entire season and then finished the regular season in actual 10th place and narrowly survive the toilet bowl. Um I think Mike could be like seven and oh and like might miss the playoffs somehow. Like that's the type of situation where I think Mike is just a fraud. No matter how you look at it, he's a bad team. There um, is an extremely high probability that that Zach passes Mike in points next year. Despite yeah. having played an entire less season. That um, is incredible. Which is Charlie, the only the only problem I have with your characterization is that a fraud has to have the semblance of quality. <laughs> so, Mike, Mike, not on the surface, but for most of the year, Mike was sitting in sixth place and was at least appearing to be competent. And then, of course, you peel back the curtain a little bit, 
and Mike, you know, stinks. Uh, that's fair. I I wasn't. I didn't realize that he was up in sixth place all year. I I'll also tag on. I think another part of the fraudulence is by winning the toilet bowl, you play yourself out of like sort of the the bad name that that comes with. Like Mike's team was bad and probably almost deserved to lose the league, but we'll never really remember that because Brian's the one who actually lost it. So Bri- Mike just gets to fade away into just obscurity while Brian is the one held accountable for being bad. This Here's the thing. That's the thing. Is it, like, you know how many 0-16 teams there are, too. Um, but how many 1-15 or 2-14 teams were there? I, yeah. I don't know. Like, no do you, can, you name, can you name one besides the 2016 uh, Cleveland Browns? That's the only one that I can name. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think you're right, though, that, like, Mike will be forgotten for how bad he actually was. Yeah, I think that's a, another check mark in the fraudulence column I'm, for Mike. I'm sure he'll be back next year to remind you. <laughs> well, I'm sure I I have no doubts about that. But oh yeah, the, no. For the time for the next for the next calendar, you know, six to nine months, uh, people will forget the, how bad Mike was. Yeah, it's a it, body of work uh, being bad. We know where Mike stands. It's th- this specific season will be lost to time. All right, so that's right. number nine. Yeah, um, number eight. Uh, I almost said Gannonberry again. I swear to God, I almost said, I almost, I almost, also, I almost said, I almost said it again. Um, Gannonberry's ice cream is one of my favorite grouping names of all time. I don't know why I keep doing that, but Ben and Gary, I mean, they, they are they finished in some order of seventh and eighth, uh, but it's irrelevant because they neither of them like were in the toilet bowl. So we'll go with uh, Ben first. Uh, ben gets the Ryan Tannehill Take the Next Step Award. Even though we missed the playoffs, I think definitively Ben Hood is taking the next step he was like, a in terms of fantasy football. In my opinion. In uh, my yeah, opinion, I agree. He was a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, he finished, you ended up finishing something like fifth or sixth uh, in uh, fifth in points or sixth in points, sorry. Finished sixth in points. You know, missed. He's a guy where you look at it, it's like if he had just a little bit different schedule or, you know, caught fire a little bit earlier, he'd have been in there. But I think definitively, much like Ryan Tannehill last year, maybe even the year before that, uh, Ben has definitively taken the the next step in fantasy football. Oh, yeah. I agree completely. No, yeah, I think a couple different things land different ways and Ben is a playoff team. So, I mean, as much as obviously moral victories are bullshit, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, uh, you got to be happy with this if you're Ben. I mean, we can just go ahead and say that Ben should have been in instead of Charlie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, statistically speaking, of course, but... <laughs> statistically know. speaking, not even close, actually. <laughs> got to play the game. Still got to play the games. Statistically speaking, uh, Ben, Garrison, Brian, and Mike should have been over you, Charlie. But here we are anyway. I just feel like it feels like the most true for Ben, based yeah. on how. Oh he yeah. Performed. No, there is a. If I remember correctly, there's a drop off. Okay, no, there's a drop off. Nah, actually, things really evened out as uh, time went by. Things regressed to the mean, but still, for much of the season, there was a big drop off after Ben, where there was a clear strata of good teams and bad teams, but like Charlie said, you got to play the games. Got to play the games. But anyway, uh, I, I hope to see him in the playoffs next year. Um, th- this is a thing where like, if we were like in like a big time, like 
where like the whole roster rolled over type of thing, you look at Ben and be like, that's a team to watch out for next year. Like he he caught fire late, like finished strong. Uh, it's like watch out for him next year. Now that being said, Ben now has to draft also <laughs> try to get a new team minus one person. Um, so we'll see if he can carry over this momentum into next season. Hey, like we've said before, he's in the division to do it. The wins are are there if he wants them. But yeah, it's it's true. He could pencil in four games against Mike and Brian. So yeah, so. Plan on that. All right. Uh, where's Gary at here? All right. So Gary, uh, like you said, is next. Uh, so Gary gets the Ricky Bobby, if you ain't last, you're first award. Now, I understand the quote is, if you ain't first, you're last. But basically for Gary, this was like a no harm, no foul season. Like his team kind of stunk the whole year, you know, finished last in his division, was never really a serious threat for the playoffs. But didn't lose the league, which in itself was a success. Yeah, I agree. There was a point maybe in like week four when he was he was dealing with some injuries. Um, but I remember yeah, looking lost, at Brock lost, or- lost his like namesake of his team with Chubb. Like Henry wasn't playing out of his mind yet. Like it was it was yeah. not looking good for old Gary. I remember looking at his roster, something like week four, and <clears throat> thinking that there was not one single player on his team that I would even start. Like at flex or or anywhere except for Derrick Henry, and like like I wouldn't even have started his quarterback over my like flex guy. Um, it was literally one of the worst teams I'd ever seen, and uh, like ever. And he scrapped it together, man. And I think that that's real real credit to his resilience. Um, anybody that can draft. Uh, Joe Burrow in like the seventh round and not lose the league is is winning in my opinion. Yeah, like yeah. I said, did not have a great year, but by not losing, kind of won. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely think so. Yeah, I think it bears noting that when I asked Garrison about this draft after it had happened, he essentially told me that he didn't think the NFL season was going to be able to be finished, so he just kind of had fun with it. And he didn't lose based on that strategy, which is honestly a, one of the more impressive things I've heard in a long time. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Charlie, I agree. God. Right, who's, so that, who's next? By the uh, way? Well, it should be me because I think, I mean, that's, that was a non-playoff teams. I am by far and away the worst of the playoff teams. So I think I'll go next. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I gave myself, this is the probably the first one John's going to have big contentions with. Is I gave myself the the Big Dick Nick Next Man Up award for a couple reasons. One, I made the playoffs; I kept my streak alive. Um, two, basically my entire starting lineup was um, guys I picked up off the waiver wire and or traded from from Brian. So basically, my entire drafted team stunk, and I pieced it together by finding the next man up and managed to make the playoffs. And keep my streak alive and not come in last place, despite having uh, the least points for by a considerable margin for a while. Like John said, it came back to earth a little bit, but for a second there, I was by far and away the lowest scoring team. I have a different one that I just thought of right now. Please, it's the NFC East. Someone has to get in award um, for the team that every year <laughs> is just absolute ass cheeks. Well, all right, look, like college, stop talking because that someone award gets lucky and makes the playoffs. That award is coming uh, very soon. 
Yeah, so I debated uh, suggesting that to Charlie as well, uh, because I agree with you that that actually fits much better than what he gave himself, but it did, it made some sense to the other person he gave it to. My suggestion was going to be the Jeff Fisher somehow keeps getting a job award, because I can't explain how Charlie keeps making the playoffs. Sometimes his teams are garbage. This time his team was, uh, by metrics, the worst in the league. Was both, was both kind of garbage and then also got very injured immediately. Yeah. Um, and I also, my main point against the Big Dick Nick award was that, uh, to me, comparing it to Big Dick Nick implies that you won something. And yeah, Charlie made the playoffs and lost immediately. Yes, but I made the playoffs. And I get to keep saying that I'm the only team that's, that's made the playoffs every year. So that's a, that's a big win for me. That's I, I do agree with you, Colin, that the parallels for Charlie and insert eventual NFC East champion are undeniable. Yeah, so I, I'll, I guess I'll hear out who you use it for. I have a feeling I know that yeah. we're also talking to him right now. Yeah. But yeah, so, so, we'll, so we'll do that one immediately. So I gave John the somebody gets to win the NFC East and host the playoff game award. Uh, not by record. By rec- record-wise, John had a... You know, eight and five is not a bad record to win a division with. Um, the Vigils have been won in this league with worse records. I won the East one time at seven and six, I think. Um, but it was the fact that John was, I, I was saying all year, John was a fake good team. And he got to, like, by getting a bye, got to basically host a playoff game is the equivalent. Sort of like the division just sort of folded around him. That just kind of happens that way. And when push came to shove, uh, John folded immediately. So, you know, that's why I gave it to him. Because I'm, like, so, I thought the comparison was more similar for that than me getting in on a wild card type of thing. The only reason that I think this works better for me is because I'm a Giants fan. Take that away, and I think that it's you through I and through. I think the only reason that it works better for you is because you won the division, which is the same way that the NFC East champion is going to get. And, and, and I said host a playoff game. By getting a bye, it's a huge advantage. It's like hosting a playoff game was supposed to be type of thing. That's what's, what's, that's what I like equated it to. More I'd say, so yeah. Than me. I mean, we're, we're dancing on the margins. You guys both suck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think you both could have lost to either of the two people that played in the in the what would end up being the seventh place game. Um, so yeah, whatever. You guys both suck. It doesn't matter, Charlie. I, I'd like- Charlie, I'm fine with your characterization just based on the fact that John is the person that uh, that won the division and got in because of that. Uh, I don't know about the Nick Foles thing. I feel like there's something better out there, but I also don't want to say that and be like Brian. So, cause I don't have, I don't have an alternative. Right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go. Just complaints without any other suggestions. Sure. I just like to point out that I finished a full five places ahead of Charlie and points for that's all I'm going to lob out there in response to that. But John, we had the same result. Both didn't win the league. Both didn't lose the league. Basically the same. Season, so. we, our seasons will be lost to time. As yes. we said, um, all right, go out, go on so ahead. Next person will be Alex, and he gets the OJ Simpson hate award. And let me explain this one for a second. Not that Alex is, you know, mur- out there murdering people. Okay. Everybody hates Alex. Nobody wants to see Alex do well. 
But, like, he kind of shuts us up. Similar to how O.J. Simpson, like, knocked the victim of murder. Like, <laughs> you could be like, you're a murderer, not actually a murderer, legally speaking. Um, same more thing with Alex, where it's like, you could bitch about how he gets lucky and how he's an idiot and how he doesn't know what he's doing, but, like, he's always in the playoffs somehow, always has a good record, like, was leading the East for a while again. Like, he is that guy where you can throw hate at him, and it's tough to get it to stick with Alex. Has Alex ever gotten the uh, the Rain Man Award? Oh, yeah. That's where um, a couple years ago I gave him the Rain Man Award. And apparently just recently he learned that it was not a compliment. Yeah, I heard that on the podcast. That is one of the funniest things I've ever heard, that Alex it, thought that it, it was a compliment. I do think it's rather fitting that Rain Man would not realize <laughs> the social cue that he's being called basically a heavily autistic person. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, I believe Rayman was called, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It's Yeah, I'm fine with that, Charlie. Uh, anything that paints Alex as kind of the, the big bad uh, that also could, you know, run for 30 touchdowns in any year. Yeah. I think it's Wait, fun. I also, I have another through line here. Alex and the, uh, the Ford Bronco. Bronco guy. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, Al there. Yeah, and he has driving gloves. He does have driving gloves. Alex this is, might this be is true. Alex, so his that could be OJ. Alex looked like a murderer. He looked like a murderer. That also, way. also, yeah. When when we went out to dinner, Alex was wearing like an evil villain's outfit. So you know, yeah, he looked like Mads Mickelson. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I agree with that one wholeheartedly as well, Chuck. Okay. All right, number uh, three. I, I have a feeling I know who this is. So. Because they got uh, third place in the league. Yeah, so this yeah. is going to be Zach. This is, we only have three left, so we got Zach. Um, Zach gets the Lamar Jackson Clutch Gene Award. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I mean the, the best team all year. Statistically incredible, you know, scoring points left and right as much as possible, looked unstoppable. Uh, first playoff game, lays an egg. And by lay an egg, I mean he lost in a shootout, um, but lost as soon as the as soon as the pressure got hot, Zach lost. Which is similar to the race. You know? Yeah, as soon as the lights were bright, when the lights were brightest, uh, Zach lost. And so he and Lamar Jackson probably share the same clutch gene. Yeah. <laughs> Zach's also a shitter, which lines yes, up. Yes, also <laughs> notable shitter. And, and piece of garbage, like Lamar Jackson, Zach Weatherly. <laughs> I want to go on the record as saying Chuck sent these to me earlier, and I like just briefly looked at this one and didn't actually get it until you just read it out then. like I, I just saw like clutched it. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. I was more focused on the big dick dick one. Mm-hmm. So that that landed very well, Chuck. That That's a solid Charlie. one. Is it is it a coincidence that Lamar's kryptonite is the Chiefs on primetime? That's that's, that's, that's interesting. That's an interesting. That's something to watch further on. Let's see how that plays Lamar, out. I think he's like zero and three against Kansas City, and he's like minus forty five in point differential. <clears throat> and Zach could not deal with the flaming pile of said Chiefs. Yeah. Exactly. So, All right, Chuck. Uh, congr- congrats to Zach. Uh, I'm gonna start. My, uh, 
Maybe he'll change it to Lamar Jackson so we all remember who he is. Um, <laughs> like Alex changed the name to Rain Man when he thought it was a compliment. That was a, I can't <laughs> believe he didn't. I think just recently learned that, that was not a compliment. For several years, he thought that was a compliment. When he changed the name to Rain Man, I was like, okay, nice job, Alex. Like, Let's lead into the joke. And it sort of like diffused it a little bit. Oh, no. He was like, yep, I am Rain Man. Like, look at me. He thought that Rain Man was just a guy who could count real good. That's yeah. probably all he knew. That's what Alex thought. Uh, from the one scene of The Hangover, that's what Alex thought Rain Man was. Yep, that's all he knew about him. Um, okay, so last two are the championship matchups. So we'll go with Paul first. Um, John hinted at this a little bit earlier, but uh, Paul gets to 2020. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills award. I, I think Paul now is in a, just a notable loser category of the Norwich Football League. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. We said it before, but three different times to make it to the championship. The league's only only been around for like six years. Like, half the time, Paul's been losing the championship game. I mean, you look at the numbers that, like, I posted, um, the updated, like, total lifetime scoring, and, like, Paul's three games clear me, which is pretty significant. And then, obviously, I, I did actually close the gap in points this year. But he's first in that too. And it's just like, man, it's tough. And it's it's tough to not consider Paul for the Lamar Jackson Award as well. But I, I yeah. do think the Bills. I do think the Bills work because Lamar's never even gotten to the Super Bowl. So at least we give the Bills credit for making it to the biggest stage. And I think we should give Paul that. Credit. And also, like, just going, you know, I don't know how much everybody knows about the Bills Super Bowls, but like. In several instances, they were just notable collapses, like by the Bills, which is what we've seen with Paul now at least a couple times. So yeah. it's really – it lines up well to be circling the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Yep, it's, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I, I, also, it's a shame that he no longer has the distinction that he and Charlie shared for so long. Paul now has missed the playoffs once. So he doesn't even have that feather in his cap anymore. He's just sort of statistically the best team who's never actually been able to put it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the San, Diego, right. San Diego Superchargers at some point. That's what we'll start calling Paul. Uh, all right, Chuck. Uh, why don't you finish this off? All right, so last but not least, we will give the award to the champion. So Colin, obviously, in addition to being the 2020 winner of the uh, Peach Hog also has the distinction of being the 2020 football guy of the year. Uh, that is his award for a couple reasons. One, I try to give it to the winner because normally they're a big, like, you know, they've done something that's very football guy. Colin this year um, won a very football guy sort of mentality in that it was just the Chiefs are good. Let's acquire as many Chiefs as possible on my team. And let the, let, let's, go, let's go with that, which is what Colin did, and it worked out well for him. Um, and so, yeah, so Colin, the winner and the 2020 Football Guy of the Year. I don't think there's any debating sort of that. Um, a lot of gut moves this year. Like I said, he made the Tyree Kill trade, did some stuff like that. So, yeah, um, now, rarely is starting three guys on the same team a winning recipe. Uh, but Colin stuck with his gut, and it, it paid off. So, well, thank you, Charlie, and uh, it was a great year. Um, but yeah, it was fun. 
well deserved. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I think Colin definitely deserved it this this go round. I mean, just just to to cross the threshold finally and be welcomed into the elite group that is not just uh, people who have won the league, but people who have both won and lost the league. I mean, true. That's true. Really, really elite guy. You know, I really thought there was going to be a group chat of just the winners. Uh, where one Do you really year, think we want to be talking with Brian and Alex that frequently? Once a year, the new winner just gets a message that says, congratulations, winner, king. <laughs> um, and there, just in case you haven't won the league, spoiler, there's no group chat. So you might as well not, not look forward to that. There might be now. I mean, well, actually, now that you're there, I think it would be a little bit better. I don't think that Charlie and I, or prior to that, me, I don't know that I would have been like, yeah, you know what? A group chat with me, Alex, and Brian. That's what I need. Well, you know what? I, I will say, this is the last thing that I want to say. You know, as mm-hmm. as a founding member of this league, Charlie understands that, you know, we have a special investment in watching it, watching a, this thing grow. Um John obviously doesn't understand because, you know, he John has no idea. He tried to run it into a ground and got impeached. Uh, but, but basically, you know, I think, I think it's always great to see, to see one of the founding members win. Um, Paul and Mike, I, I wish you the best. Um, <laughs> so that was, Paul, I would say. If Mike wins the league before you, <laughs> I would, I would, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of big bridges out there. That's Just all. end it. Just end it. I loved when you sent that message where it was like now Paul and Mike are the only like founding members to not win. It was basically like, by the way, if anyone wants to know who the actual biggest losers are, it's Paul. <laughs> it's Paul and Mike. See, I was trying to be pretty gracious to Paul, but I was like, I got to do this one thing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, and, I, you know, hey. Best of luck, and I, I do hope one of you gets it done because I feel like that that core of us that's been here the whole time we do have a have a special bond that John in particular will never understand. That's all I wanted to say. I mean, just to tack on to the end of that, not trying to empathize at all, but uh, no, I think it would be almost it wouldn't be as bad, but it would be almost as bad if Garrison or Ben managed to sneak like one, one of the newest members. Yeah, newer member and clearly statistically a worse owner well that's why i'm hoping like you know you know god willing that we know this goes on for 10 15 20 years to hope we get like a detroit lions cleveland browns team where it's like mike's been in the fantasy league for 25 years and has never won the championship and like makes that one run though yeah and then it's like everyone's so excited well that's yeah i want on my went out in like 10 and 3 yeah. I would be so excited, even though it's like funny to make fun of him. It's just yeah. like it's like you know seeing a seeing a rare animal. Like you just don't see that every day. Well, I said it. it's the same thing. It's it's like the Ben Hood effect, where if Ben was like a wagon all of a sudden, instead of hitting him, the league would rally behind Ben, like yeah. that type of thing. I want to on my deathbed reminisce about the one Ben Hood season where he pulled it off. Like Rudy, like I want to carry Ben outside of Jeff Ruby's on our shoulders, chanting his name. That's what I'm yeah. looking for. I mean, hey, I think this 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 league is strong. Uh, our darkest hour has passed. Actually, just a little over a year ago. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but I, I do hope it goes for decades to come. 
I think we have a good chance now that neither Alex nor I have the keys to it. So it's I mean, true. Now that be that being said, a small coup could elect somebody else because that's now the thing we do every year. Where I they've elected that they like Putin every year or whatever the hell Putin gets reelected. But you know, it's like hundreds of years. I think it's more akin to like a Roman consulate because that's the same <laughs> term, it's the same term length, one year. Yeah. You got one year at the helm, and you got to do everything you can to avoid getting sued once you leave office. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chuck, I don't think you're in any danger for the foreseeable future after how poorly alternate leadership worked out for us the first go round, first and second go rounds. Sorry. But yeah. So as much as I say, like you know, keep trying, Mike. Like I hope Mike becomes like the Detroit Lions of this league. That would just be hilarious. I mean, he's off to a great start. He's off. To, yeah, I mean, he's on pace at this point. Um, that actually, so that bleeds out into kind of nicely what I wanted to do just to end this would be just sort of a a state of the league type of situation. Um, just to give our thoughts uh, on where we stand and where we're moving. And I will say, I think that the line is finally starting to blur is how I would put it. I think, uh, you know, going into the season, I, I believe everyone would have picked the six playoff teams and the four toilet bowl bracket teams. But now all of a sudden it's like, okay, Ben actually maybe could have made it. Chuck might not have deserved to make it. I was a fake good team, whatever. The lines are starting to blur. Maybe next year. I want to call out those four. I want to call out Brian, Mike, Garrison, and Ben and say, you know, let's let's change some things. Let's have some some different I blood. I would like to just take a stand and not call out Brian. Um, <laughs> I would be completely fine if Brian sucked forever. Oh no, but it's more fun if I call him out and then he still doesn't do it. You know, because then it's like I actually think I actually think Brian Brian has the potential. Um, it's kind of like a. I feel like it. I feel like Brian reminds me of the Browns under Freddie Kitchens, where like <laughs> I really do feel like the talent is there, and he's demonstrated that through a league victory. And and, uh, and the thing with Brian is that he loses by no lack of effort. Like Brian mm-hmm. tries. That's yeah. true. That's why. That's why I don't want him. I don't want to like put any challenge to Brian. I don't want to put any task to Brian. I'm fine with just letting him plot along and uh, suck. <laughs> I do not fear Brian. All I want for Christmas next year uh, is for Ben to make the playoffs. I mean, (laughs) I think everyone could agree that I just, I wouldn't sacrifice my spot personally. Um, I don't, I don't care that much, uh, but I I would sacrifice anyone else's spot to get Ben in there. I'm going to be honest. I think I would sacrifice my spot to, if, like, if if that's what it meant, like, Ben got in there, like, and not me throwing a game so that Ben could get in, like, me sacrificing my spot, metaphorically speaking, gave Ben his, I'd be happy with that. I would live with it, even if it meant winding up in the toilet bowl. I think that would be, again, that's something that I would remember until the day that I died somehow. But anyway, yeah, great, great league. Uh Great leadership under our current supreme leader. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just really, I really appreciate the security afforded by this this current authoritarian setup. So, thank you, Charlie. Thank you, John, for setting up the podcast all year. Um, yeah, it was a great year. 
and uh, I'm glad I won. It was yeah. in, in, in a pandemic year in which, you know, I mean, the league was, in terms of like how the NFL season has played out, like, you know, there's been some spot guys here and there, but like fantasy was never really hugely impacted by like COVID. It, it added, it added an element, but I don't, it almost was like just enough to be like a good competitive advantage. Like there is always like some uncertainty in your good players that they could miss a game because of COVID or whatever. Um, so like, it was just like a little, another dimension of the RNG that is already fantasy that I, I, I actually thought added a nice flavor, just like a little creamer in the coffee. Yeah. What is RNG exactly? And I, I don't know what it is. I'll wear that. Could you elaborate? Um, so it, it basically means it stands for random number generator, but all, all it means is oh. like the amount of, in a video game, it's like the built-in randomness of uh, event taking place. So, like, there's and when you play a video game, you do certain things because of skill, and then there's certain things that are just RNG, where it's just a probability of something happening, basically. That makes more sense now. I heard because of the English language R and G, which confused me. R and G. Random number that makes a lot more sense. Okay, that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, Chuck Kamish, would you like to share any thoughts on the league here? No, I think Colin actually kind of summed it up pretty well. I think the league is doing well. Um, I think we've got a good group here. Um, the thing is that like I think we've we've reached a good level where everybody tries enough and cares enough to where like nobody of the ten of us nobody is like the guy that's not trying or not checking his lineup, stuff like that. Like everybody is participating, which I think is the ultimate like thing with the league. Um, I'm in several where just one guy just doesn't set his lineup, stuff like that. We don't have that. I think that alone makes it a good fantasy league and a fun fantasy league. And I look forward to um, next year. I guess I now have to just figure out what the keeper situation is for everybody and send that out. But that's really the last thing I'm, on the list to be expected the from, from the office. Yeah. Yeah. Also, can we discuss what is the process for the election? Like, we, I, we I, I always assume that just at the next league dinner, whatever it occurs, we will hold the election there or in that immediate vicinity of that event. But uh, is it like, is there like a nomination process? Are we just all voting willy nilly for whoever we want? Or like, you just need a plurality? Bylaws. Is it? Uh, the bylaws do not say how it will be elected. It just says that a commissioner will be elected every year. Oh boy. Um, so, you know. So now we're going to have to vote on the wording of how. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, exactly. you know how this league feels about ambiguous wording of its bylaws. I, would, I know I better say, than anyone. For pure simplicity, I think that the way it should work is that you have to be nominated by two people to be on the ballot. Agreed. What it actually says, I will lead. Let me figure this out. Uh, that's postseason play. I also I'm excited for this because the constitutional convention that we held last year was one of the more entertaining things that I've been in part of. It really worked out well. Um, let's see, commissioner, monetary items, owner, condo. All right, it says the league commissioner. Is, all it says is the league commissioner will be voted on before every season. That's all that it says. <laughs> That's all that it says. 
So that almost that gives that us an extra wrinkle. That's just a straight it, horse race of ten people. It does. <laughs> it does specify that I will be the commissioner for the 2020 2021 season, which is just passed. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it has nothing else. It is like the actual constitution where there is nothing else that specifies what a high crown misdemeanor is. You know, <laughs> that type of thing. I, I'm so curious because that almost gives to me the wiggle room that we could just say the commissioner will remain the commissioner until he is voted out like during the course of, so we would just have a vote for Chuck yay or nay and Chuck remains yay until he is nay. That's possible. It could be a third-party person becomes commissioner. Does that specify who the commissioner has to be? There's a lot of gray area here. Um, yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> the issue is that the issue is that I can't I can't amend it until the next league meeting, which is when the year closes, which is when I can amend it. Oh, so, Chuck, just wait. Brian's very specific about how the league rules can be changed at literally any moment. Whenever he feels like it, so I I I don't know that that'll hold up actually. For my thing, I can only amend it a certain time, so it'll be interesting to see. Maybe uh, maybe like Jay Lev will be the next commissioner. Who knows? Like, yeah, oh, that's maybe, true. I would. I just am worried about that happening. Yeah, this league's penchant for inciting chaos because it's entertaining uh, is I'm bad not, news. Yeah, I'm saying I'm worried about it, and. I fear myself more than, yeah. more than anything. So No, my deep-seated fear is that I am elected commissioner purely so that you guys can form another coup against me because you thought it was so fun last time. I don't actually think we put uh, this is getting this is getting drawn out, but please. We'll we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. We will. Um okay. Well, with that being I guess Sorry, I guess my my last thing John is that, you know, obviously the league dinner would have been uh, maybe this weekend, honestly, like yeah. in, in a normal yeah. year. Um, uh, obviously, it, it, it is not this weekend, so don't worry if you don't live in town. It's not this weekend. Uh, it will hope it will be as soon as possible. At, at earliest convenience of everybody, we'll find a date either in the spring or summer or well, next I, fall. They're not talking about combining it with the next draft. Yeah, so yeah. all all stuff's on the table. We'll figure out a day when. Maybe everybody's vaccinated or, you know, things start to open back up where it's more of a normal time. We'll find a time where we can either do it with the draft or have it its own thing. You know, it's, it's all on the table. We'll figure it out. Uh, but it is not this weekend. So don't worry if you're missing it. Thank you for that note. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Colin, do you have any uh, final passing thoughts to share with the people before we uh... – we go on our hiatus, I guess. No, I'm all set. Uh, and I'll, I'll enjoy this next year with the trophy. And I, I wish the best to whoever I give it to next year. Yeah, that's fair. That is one thing is that, you know, because of the quarantine, John and I did a bunch of pods in the off season. You know, maybe we'll get one, perhaps a second off season pod. But this, this is really it until uh, the draft preview. So, you know, get ready for that. Yeah, savor it. Barring something fucking weird happening, because I don't want to tempt fate again, like Chuck and I did the first go round, and say, oh, you know, whatever, we, you know, we go in quarantine, we'll totally do an episode a day, and then have it fucking happen. Let's, let's just see where everything winds up. But it seems like 
yeah, we will do a couple off-season pods, and then we will just sort of pick back up where we left off uh, at the beginning of next season, like August-ish. But yeah, with that being said, uh, we'd like New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you guys all as well. Happy New Year, Chuck. Um, and Happy New Year to all of our listeners, I guess. Um, we'd like to think. We'll see you. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and Brian, I guess, maybe. Uh, forgot about that, fucker. <laughs> we'd like to thank all of our listeners again for sticking with Chuck and I as we uh, sort of navigated through what was definitely a different format for us uh trying to figure it out and uh you know get things down and the the gazette postings and whatever else but uh so we appreciate you guys still listening in regardless and uh yeah we look forward to seeing what next year brings but until we you know are doing this again peace
let's see if John finds this uh, one here. But if, uh, if it was possible, I would switch bodies with any Browns player and take the COVID virus for them. Just so the Browns can feel the full roster on Sunday. That's all I have to say. All right, I came in a little cold on that one. I don't know what just happened, but we took we took a break for a second so that uh, John could also get a beer. Sounds good. I am back, 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 back.